At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. Welcome to Lorehammer Listener Lore, the Warhammer 40k podcast where you get to write the script. If you would like to submit your story, you can email lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support the show and maybe even jump your story in the line, or maybe even read stories with me, or maybe you have a story you would like to read to me, head on over to Patreon at Lorehammer Listener Lore and check out all the cool ways to get involved and support the show. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of Lorehammer Listener Lore, the 40k podcast where you get to write the script. Hey, I'm your host, Marcus, um, and today we got a very special guest with us today, uh, a Patreon member, no less. Uh, welcome, Bach. Uh, glad to be here again. Happy to bribe my, my way into any, any situation that's advantageous to myself. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Really, really excited to, to share with you guys today. Yeah, I feel like people pay for my friendship, and I don't know if that's sad on my end, sad on your end. Like, I don't know. It, it's no, just they're paying you for your time. Not time. It's, it's the time, not <laughs> anything involved with the time. Whatever <laughs> happens then is between consenting adults. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so uh, we're going to get right into this story. You actually wrote this story and uh, yeah, it's about uh, seven pages long. So it should be a pretty decent size episode today. I'm excited to get into it. Do you have like anything you want to share with us before we uh, read your lore? Um, no, because because like like I, I'm pretty sure most of our you know fanfic lore, it, it all kind of starts out as like what it, what am I passionate about in, in the 40k universe? What you know what gets me fired up? And like the Horus Heresy, like since my initial attention back in you know 2008 or whenever it was, um, and that's the setting I've been most obsessed with ever since. So. Okay, um, cool. It'll be pretty obvious early on, but this is this is like you know kind of a passion project that may may go on for many many moons. Who's who knows? Cool. Um, but excited to share with everybody. Cool. So this is set in 30k then. Yes. Very cool. Okay. Well, let's get into it. Um, this episode or this uh, story is called Lost Sons. Tuskins blared through the bridge as a tremendous black shook the ship. This was bad. Captain Ishmael Lycandon. How do you say that like, one? Lycadon. Lycadon. Like a bad one, but Lycadon. Okay, perfect. Captain Ishmael <laughs> Lycadon. Uh, perpetual frown depended. Shipmistress status, he demanded. To her credit, Captain T- Taslik's response was calm. Warp drive my f- malfunctioning lord. She leaned forward from her command throne dais. Engine seer, what happened? She asked. Her hawkish face lent increased severity to her angry face and silenced those damn alarms. The senior Mechanicum representative on the bridge blurted out a short message in binary. 
four mechandendrites snaking from her back and rapidly adjusting dials at the station. He chittered more, his expressionless silver skull betraying no human emotion, much less one of as base as alarm. Lycodon drummed his armored fingers along his vambrace impatiently, awaiting the diagnostics. The campaign on murder had ended, and the Warmaster's fleet made ready to warp, the, uh, warp to 638. At a moment of transition, the imminent rash shook with critical systems failures. His rage simmered impotently. Void warfare suited him, even when compared to the lofty warriors within the Sons of Horus. But the workings of the complex machinery required to remove, maneuver and operate the Infernus-class battleship were well beyond his scope of understanding. His rage would have to wait until it found an appropriate outlet. Actively buzzed on the bridge as the alarms fell silent, servitors affixed to their station stared dumbly at their work, seemingly incredulous to the source of the aurora stimuli around them. Even after over 50 years since being elevated from a filthy feral young on Chthonia, he still felt mind revolt seeing the lobotomized servitors, servants of the fleet. He watched Captain Taslik as she worked on, the gaining, on gaining situational awareness. The unaugmented human was a new addition to the command staff, recently gained from the collegium in the solar system of Lycanders or Lycodon's duties, carried him far away from void combat with his new position as uh, company captain of the 38th. Her expression stayed hard as she issued directives and waited impatiently with the rest of the bridge for some clarity on the warp drive. Another Astartes in the new sea green armor of the suns approached Lycodon's right, crossing his arms and surveying the bridge. Captain Lycodon, the new arrival greeted him across a private Vox channel, nodded his scarlet cross, uh, nodding his scarlet cross crested helm. This does not bode well for the muster. His company's champion motionless appraisal was correct, and Lycander's scowl deepened. Aye, he agreed, his voice gravelly and deep in a growl. Considering our substandard kill averages on murder and gaining this extra scrutiny for failing to muster will reflect poorly. Murder had been a hard fought. Wow, murder had been a hard fought campaign until its premature end at the intervention of the Interrex. All warfare had a leaning curve, and the brief but violent intervention of the Lunar Wolves, now Sons of Horus, had permanently cut off the 38th prior to establishing the most acceptable results. All of existence was competition. From clawing his way to dominance in the gangs of Chthonia, to mankind's tenuous grasp in the hostile galaxy, competition bred strength and bled weakness and Lycodon's Marines had done their bleeding. His elevation to company captain had narrowly passed, with Abaddon himself speaking strongly and openly against it. Whatever mechanical failure caused this loss of credibility and confidence may well bring his brief captaincy to an end. A spurt of mechanical code interrupted his bitter musings. Shipmistress, status update. Engine seer Theta Rhoda 73 declared in a robotic monotone. System integrity failure on primary warp reactor. Radiation leaks through the aft at levels beyond fatal for unaugmented humans. 
estimated isolation and repair 132.15 hours from time mark. The silver mass turned finally looking towards the command dais mark. Very well, Captain Taslik said softly. She regarded uh, Lycodon. My lord, shall I inform the first captain? The vengeful spirit has yet not yet entered the warp. Lycodon gut, uh, gut dropped, and he felt his cheeks flushed with shame and anger. Hidden beyond his expressionless T-visor, he activated his ex external vox. Wow, he activated his external vox. I shall inform the war master, his amplified voice boomed. He spun on his boot, and his cloak twirling with a sudden motion as he thought he of as he thought of how he would present his failure to the Legion Master. Part two. Time until completion, like Haddon Vox warily, already knowing the answer. The engine seared cooperated with synchronization of the countdown of remaining repair time with his visor heads up chrono display. The answer had never wavered from the countdown. Six hours, 38 minutes, and 24 seconds. The monotone reply matched the countdown. Like Haddon's stern brow furrowed and visible to the others surrounding him in the Legion strategium chamber. His command coterie and centurions surrounded him, 17 peerless warriors and leaders awaiting guidance for their change of mission at the behest of the war master. The familiar pang hit his gut as he, for the first time since murder, saw the absences of those brothers lost beyond data feeds. He would need to find three replacements. The room was dimly lit and spartanly appointed. Fine art belonged to his cousins of the emperor's children. This was a place of solemnity and purpose. Let the feats of a man tell their own tales rather than ostentatiously boast as his sergeant had told him as an aspirant. He removed his helm and watched his brothers as they followed their commander. Lycadden was much stricter than his fellow captains, disdaining those foolish enough to remove their helmets in combat. While immersion in combat euphoria and the overwhelming of the senses with the chaos of war was appealing in some, he viewed himself as a professional. Professionals wore their war plate. Amateurs' brains splattered theirs. Holding his modified Mark IV helm, he regarded his brothers while stroking its crimson crest. What news from the war master, Captain? Commander Sturgeon asked. Sturgeon was far older and experienced than Lycadden, a fact that he stated loudly and often, just never to his face. Brothers, we have been retasked, Lycadden said. Rather than rejoin Lupercal straight away, we have been asked to return to Chthonia for recovery of those newly appointed Astartes awaiting to blood their plate. Sturgeon did not even deign to hide his dismay. We are relegated to courier duty. We are of the Legion. Armored fists sounded off of Ceramite as a few others agreed with his distaste. Let the Navy do their work. There are worlds to be tamed. He glared at Lycadden with barely hidden scorn. Had the ship not failed to translate, we would be on the way to carry out our emperor-given purpose, not asked to babysit unblooded whelps. Vranek, in his customary place as champion at his captain's side, smirked. Do we not call them pups anymore? He chuckled, deep and hearty. I suppose not, as we are no longer Luna Wolves. Babies, then? Like Haddon gestured for silence. There is honor in doing as we must at the behest of Lupercal. He sincerely meant he believed his own words. Repairs are going as planned, and we should be primed to enter the Imperium at the engine seer's mark. He gazed at each commander in turn, until his eyes settled on Sturgeon. The man's broad, scarred visage stared daggers back at him. And to move on to force disposition, our battalions are under strength substantially. Murder was a meat grinder of both man and beast. Commander Sturgeon, your battalion is to be dissolved to return the others to 80% fighting strength. 
The other warrior's eyes flared with rage. The solution was hardly uncommon in crusading forces, given relatively high prolonged attrition and replenishment rates. But the dissolution of a senior commander's battalion was unheard of. Lycadden did not care and allowed the sense of satisfaction to show in his face. The remaining battalions will be filled by recruits and we will reconstitute as a sixth battalion company. Commander, you will take the lead of the remaining legionaries and, depending on reports, assess and divide them for when we return to the war master. He smiled coldly. No doubt the young warriors will learn many valuable lessons from your centuries of experience. Sturgeon moved his mouth as though to protest, but instead, instead set his jaw. Nostrils flaring, he nodded curtly. As you command, Captain. Eyebrows were raised and heads were shaking around the room as the other Astartes absorbed the revelation. Lycadon knew some of his subordinates doubted him from his lack of seniority, but trusted the abrupt dismissal of his loudest detractor to keep them in their places until they could once again join the war effort. Very good, gentlemen. Make preparations. Commanders, ensure your men are sorted to your holds. We sail for, we sail for Chthonia. Part three. To sail upon the tides of the Imperium was, was to travel upon the very essence of insanity. Waves of swarming chaotic energies warred against one another with swirls of raw madness spiraling into mountains of thought. Peace and serenity, serenity were athenum. Afterthoughts quickly left behind by all. Through this whirling destruction, mankind invaded an uninvited but welcome, welcome interloper using its misunderstood powers for something so trivial as faster than light travel. A raging tempest of crimson rage swirled with incandescent flickers of pride and courage lost before they could co coalesce, crashed into a mountain of lust, excess, and enjoyment. The non-intersection of these unenergies un exploded in a silent cacophony of kaleidoscoping, unheard screaming laughter echoing in the deepest recesses of thought. A hard shape, a long and sharp, trod indignant or ignorantly through the nexus. The imminent wrath and its eminence 10 kilometer hull normally stood proud and strong in the calm of the void, hardly caused with cause an errant wake as it ignorantly interrupted the annihilating waves of nothing. Twisting gnarled fingers of hungry power grasped in futility, trying to crack open this tiny morsel to get in to get the meat within. Safety enveloped within the comforting Geller field, it, it, uh, like Lycodon. No, <laughs> wow. What? How do you say his first name? Uh, Ishmael. Ishmael. Yeah, I've said it once oh, Ishmael, already. But... Yeah, Ishmael Lycadon. Ishmael Lacadden noticed none of this creation and destructive that destruction that surrounded his dwarf ship. His transhuman conditioning allowed him to ignore the always present, almost whispers in the back of his mind during the transition, a privilege not shared by all. He stood motionless upon the command dais of the bridge, silently watching and listening to the strained activity surrounding him. The crew was on edge as often as the case was with warp travel. The claws may be deflected, but the echoes of their scratches still sang within the minds of man. Either unknowingly or uncaring, or of anything beyond the Geller field, still epitomizes, uh, or still optimism, escaped Lycodon. While normally he treaded towards melancholy, his humans had, humors had not been so out of balance since his ascension to Astartes. He knew and understood the practicality of the company's retaking or retasking, 
but irritation and shame of murder could not be shaken. He found himself dwelling on a closure of the campaign. The 38th company had deployed in the latter stages of the exterminatus effort into uh, as yet uncleared stretches of the Northern Hemisphere. He had personally led the landings, being the first space marine to step foot from the impact craters of the drop pod. The, de the, the, well, the deployment went flawlessly, his warriors fanning out and screaming the landing zone designated for following designated for follow on armor and Thunderhawk landings. His reverie was interrupted as a figure disturbed him with rhythmic tapping. For the first time in hours, he moved, looking down to his right to see who would approach him. Captain Lycodon, good day, my lord. The emaciated face appeared malnourished. Sunlight-starved skin stood white, broken with blue veins of blood, crisscrossing barely beneath its surface. Dried cake lips smiled ugly over yellow, half-decayed teeth. Stark blue eyes looked at him, unafraid, unwispy remains of eyebrows. A light turban rested upon the man's forehead, with uh, disheveled strands of unwashed white hair escaping out of the mess below it. Navigator, Lycodon asked, somewhat confused. The imminent wrath and the three navigators aboard, handle, aboard to handle the stresses of guiding such a massive warship through the warp. The man before him was him believed, well, the man before him he believed was the most senior of, them under, of their number. Why are you not attending your duties? The figure, Aster Vicar, sighed, sighed out a laugh. Because, my lord, I am old. He tapped his walking cane to the dais balcony and leaned upon it heavily. He looked up, a smile twisting his face into a poor mimicry of uh, camaraderie co collaboration. This is my last voyage, you know. Truthfully, Lycodon did not. House Vicar had been a mainstay supporting presence through his own relatively limited experience with the crusade. The departure of one of the seasons, or the departure of one as seasoned as Asteroid was bad news as he should have known. Uh, no, I was not informed. The disrespect irked him, but he had kept the irritation from his voice. Uninterrupted by the Marine's short answer, unperturbed, I mean, by the Marine's short answer, Vicar continued, I have served the Imperium before there was an Imperium. Did you know? Another wheezing chuckle rasped from behind his rancid mouth. And this, this will be the last time I should sail upon the seas of souls. A prolonged trip down the ancient's memories did not strike Lycodon as overly appealing. There are no souls, Navigator, only the living and the dead. He smiled humorously behind his helmet keeping the volume of his external vox low to keep others from listening. Recalling the speeches of orators, he continued, we have seen behind the stars the, we, and found no gods, no afterlife beyond our own inevitable return to the dust. You know this, those gifted with sight cannot help but see the truth. <clears throat> the navigator slowly nodded. He stood silently for a moment, gazing out at the bus, bustling bridge without seemingly to anyone or seeming to anything seeming to see anything. He seemed to be looking beyond the ship. I remember, he said softly, the time before I was old, even then, did you know? He kept his eyes forward, avoiding the helmet glare of the towering warrior. I know the truth as he is proclaimed, but truthfully, his frail voice cracked as he trailed off. 
Lykander said nothing, and the silence between the two was consumed by the background rustle of activity. The old man had an interest for a moment, as the captain had no as the captain had not had much opportunity to hear the first hand about the ascension of the emperor. Those were times, despite being sacredly or scarcely a few centuries past, that oft were spoken of as if it was already legend. You see, don't you? Vicar asked. I see what, Navigator? The sea, the Imperium, the chaos of the warp. The old man turned and arced his neck up, and Lycodarn met his milky blue gaze, he feared he knew, but the chill rose up from his spine. I was once of the Librarius, if that is what you asked, Lycodon answered. The edict has closed that door, however, and I am a loyal servant of the Emperor. I have not looked. Vicar nodded, his head unsteadily unsteal- bobbing atop his gaunt neck. The captain's interest quickly changed to discomfort, not willing to discuss the, pla- discuss the past closed now. He adjusted his stance, making to leave the bridge. I must see the company. I must see to my company, Navigator. It seems the Imperium has been kind. How long till we reach Cathonia? The Navigator closed his eyes and thought for a moment. We have made good times. The tides have been tailwards uh, on our voyage. We have made good time. The tides have been tailwinds on our voyage. I believe we will arrive within two days. He placed a frail hand on Lycodon's vambrace. There are levels within the Imperium, did you know? Lycodon took care not to remove the man's hand too hard as to break it. I have heard, he said cautiously, but I find it prudent to leave that to those who make their use of it, which I do not. We often refer to the ebbs and flow of the warp as though it was an ocean. Vicker stared imminently at the captain gazing through his helm to see the man beneath. We delved a little deeper than normal this voyage, my lord, and it seems we have found a strong current to ride to Cathonia. Lycodon was done. He had no wish to visit topics such as this. Knowing even a rumor of this interest into now forbidden knowledge could reach the war master and first captain and lead to a sanction. Thank you for your company, navigator. With finality, he spun on his heel and marched toward the exit. He could barely hear the navigator bidding him farewell, but the next words were unmistakable and sent an unexplainable chill to his core. If we dive deeper, we may find yet more speed. The bulkhead door slammed shut, leaving the bridge and the old man behind him. Wow. Okay, okay. So first of all, I just want to say that's incredibly well written, man. Like there's a lot of adjectives in there. A lot of words I had to really sound out. (laughs) Uh, what, what he's not telling you is it's written on a notepad and crayon uh, <laughs> yeah, different with some colors. stickers and shit. <laughs> yeah, man, that was sweet. Oh, man. OK, so I, I have a couple notes that I was taking. I really like that part about like uh, in the beginning, he's talking about how he keeps his helmet on because he's like a professional soldier and how mm. he kind of just makes fun of people taking his helmets off. <laughs> Because yeah, it's like, all right, we wear ours. You get your brains blown out. Because like, I, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've always hated models with their with their helmets off, like in the tabletop. One, I hate painting faces because it's terrible. <laughs> and yeah. two, I'm like, you're in a war zone with all of this shit going everywhere. Yeah. Like, why would you not? Boom. You guys ever heard of another shrapnel? <laughs> that yeah, shit like yet sucks. another reason why space wolves are idiots. <laughs> Come on, but they don't want to mess up their beards, and you can't blame them for that. That's true. 
But then they um, could like take it off and do the whole hair toss thing, like <laughs> models on a motorcycle. Um, like they're really missing a chance to be majestic. Oh yeah. Uh, another thing I really liked was just kind of all these the ways you've worded things in a way that like uh, the one I wrote down was uh, the recruits blooding their armor. Like new recruits are gonna blood their armor. Like I, it's such a cool way of saying it. I love it. Yeah, and that was like because for for folks that aren't as familiar with like the 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 great crusade timeline so like murder happened it like when when the luna wolves were still the luna wolves and like that was where um i think it was uh it was a fulgrim i think or fulgrim and sanguinius were both at murder and they convinced him to like change it to the sons of horus so like that was part of the fun dialogue of like what do we even call newbies now like i don't know he's called pups <laughs> but now we can just call them fucking babies <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um so so are you is that like one of your favorite scenes in like the Horus Heresy, like the whole murder, the, the planet, the mega arachnids and stuff? Or- I, I, I thought it was a, for, for where I'm, I'm wanting the story to go. It was like, I'm not hugely like in love with that scene, but from a timing standpoint for everything else, it kind of, okay. it made the most sense to be like the staging point for the story. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, the next thing I want to talk about is that latent psyker. Uh, Lycodon is a latent psyker, hey? I, I, he doesn't, I don't know. We don't talk about these things. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, sorry. Or, I don't want to draw the quote. attention of the War Master here. I was tempted to, like, throw in there, like, I can't say, and then, like, make, make it a Lodge throwback, but um, well, I don't know. We'll see if that makes an entrance. But, yeah, like, it's, again, it's it's ideally, you know, foreshadowing of, of some things to come, but, yeah, well, you know, he, he knows a little bit about the War that's cool. I like that. Yeah. Like I've always thought like, yeah, did those guys just go back to just the front line, those librarians? And now they're just like, yeah. I could fucking blast you off the planet with my warp energy, but I can't. <laughs> well, that, um, And that's something like the books themselves, like thinking back, cause it, I mean, it's been a long ass time since I read, you know, the first three and like, it never really mentioned psychers at all. And it wasn't, I think until like after the thousand sons novel where, yeah. you know, they started talking about dudes that used to be librarians that are now, you know, foot soldiers or whatever. So yeah, like it hadn't, I don't think it had been mentioned too much in the Luna Wolf stuff. So I was like, I'll throw one in there as a, yeah. why not? Yeah. As, as you write more of this story, I think you can really do like a cool scene where like he does have to battle that where he's fighting an enemy that he is like losing and he's like so tempted. And yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see if he falls to the temptation or not. I mean, you're, you're close. <laughs> like I've <laughs> <laughs> I've got I've got in my head like the next like probably four or five sections uh, planned out and and there will there will be a reveal but nice. not quite like that it'll be it'll be fun <laughs> cool um the other cool thing I liked is just uh, the little bit about the navigator house um I don't recognize the vicar name did you make that name up or is that an actually established house. I, I made that one up because like there's on the Navis nobility pages, I was, I was trying to find one that was like actually tied to the Sons of Horus. Yeah. Like I couldn't find one. So I was like, fuck it, I'll, I'll throw away this or I'll use this throwaway name. Yeah. No, but again, perfect. like kind of the, the thought process is like, you know, navigators have to retire. Yeah. So that that's that's a plot point is like this guy is it's his last voyage. Um, I don't know if I, I mentioned it. I feel like it will be his last voyage in life as well. I don't think he's going to make it out alive. <laughs> but again, what did he, what did he say at the end? I don't, I don't know. Maybe he's thrown <laughs> out ideas for stuff. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. And then the other thing I wrote down again was just like, I loved how you described the war, the warp. And yeah, you described it as an ocean real quick, but just like. It's, it's an ocean. There's currents. <laughs> there's eddies of calm. Yeah. I want to find the one line. Uh, to sail upon the tides of the Imperium was to travel upon the very essence of insanity. Waves of swarming chaotic energies warred against one another with swirls of raw madness spiraling to spiraling into mountains of thought peace and serenity serenity were an anathem afterthoughts quickly left behind by all uh though his yeah so that i don't know that just like it's such a cool description you did a really good job of just describing the indescribable yeah and like it and that was probably the hardest part to write i, I went back to that one a couple times because like because again everybody's used to the the warp is an ocean and you're just floating yeah. shit yeah. Uh, but well, like what I what I struggled with was I don't remember how much of that they knew back in back in like the horse heresy. Like I so it's all like blended in of like I know the warps, you know, batshit crazy. So that's <laughs> why I was I like kind of explained it like because I wanted it to like here's the view of everything, kind of zoom in on the ship with some cool stuff going on around it. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, that took a that took a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and then I guess the only other uh, only other note I had was um just kind of what you made up and what you didn't. So did you make up the whole company? This company doesn't exist. Yep. D- yep. Did the imminent wrath, does that exist? Nope. Cool. Okay. So I, I purposely, like, I want a big ship. Yeah. Um, and, and again, like, I didn't want it to be one of those Gloriana class ones. So uh, the Infernus class is discussed as being used in the Horus Heresy. But like, if you go to Lexicanum or any of those sites, like, they don't have shit about it. So that way I can kind of do what I want with it. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like going through the list of like, all right, here's the Luna Wolves companies. Sweet. I've got like a 33 and like a 60 and nothing in between. Yeah, 38. That'll, that'll work. Yeah. No, I, I love it. Like you, you did it in such a good way where you wrote something about an existing chapter, but you didn't interfere with, with what was already written. And I really enjoyed yeah. that aspect of it. It tied in so seamlessly. Thank you. Yeah. No, and, and again, like it's, it's bringing these events like, okay, we know about murder. We know about that campaign. Yeah. And then did you, did you happen to catch the destination where they're going? Yeah. Chthonia. That's uh, the sons of Hor- Horus's home world. No, before then, like oh. where, where were they jumping to before then? That oh, the no. warp jump failed. I must've missed it. Um, where were they jumping? Oh man. I forget the damn nomenclature of the world. 63, eight crap. Oh, I'm like scrolling up. Okay. Cause remember like, so, so like the, the naming uh, conventions for, you know, the, the planets they would reconquer during the, the Great Crusade was like, all right, 63rd Expeditionary Fleet, and this is world number one. So it's like 63-8. Um, yeah. And damn it, now I'm trying to like find the actual reference. But, but there, is, there is a reference in the story of like where the actual destination is. And that'll yeah. be kind of a big hint as to one, like the timing. Um, and then like, it'll, it'll kind of hint at what the stakes are going to be at. Yeah. So Very cool. 63.8. What planet is 63.8? 63.8. I don't know. Are you going to, are you going to spoil it for me or do I have to wait? You can Google it. I'm sure I can Google it. Up. <laughs> okay. Google let's see what Google 63.8 expeditionary fleet. Let's go. Fleet. Um, Oh, an expeditionary fleet was stranded in the Imperial Spacefaring Force of the Great Crusade. 
Dun, dun, dun. Okay, okay, okay. No, that's not 63-8. Yeah, who knows? Um, uh, I... All right, I'll th- here, I'll, let me let me snip it, and I'll put it in the chat real quick. Okay. And like, you, 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 can, you, can, you can choose if you want to share it or not. Okay, let's see, let's see. Oh, accept it like it's not. Oh, <laughs> okay, okay. Um, yeah, you just sent it to text, but cool okay i tried like doing a snip and it didn't work and i gave up quickly yeah okay okay cool man um so that is that is where everyone is going right now yeah uh i feel like i want to say it because that's going to be a cool teaser and i definitely want to have you on again because this was this was a great story so you know when you get the next three chapters written up or whatever um we'll have to have you back on but here's where they're going they're going to davin i'm not going to say any more but davin Dun, dun, People, dun. I think it's, I think it's a, you know, it's a world, you it's know, there's wo- stuff there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> some things, some things happen on like a moon and I don't know. Some yeah. Fat dudes. Yeah. There's some type of sword there or something. I don't quite, maybe I, I, I don't, don't fucking it's know. <laughs> like a, like a little prick. I don't, I don't know. Like somebody gets like poked. I don't, I don't know. Cool, man. Um, well, do, do you have anything else you'd like to share um, about this or? No, so um, again, like looking forward to to hearing other people's thoughts about. It. I know, like most of us, most of us writers like start for attention because, like, you know, <laughs> we're not cool enough to be Aaron Dembski Bowden because, like, I work in a plant and you know whatever. <laughs> but but again, like it's it's it it kind of builds the character of like why it's such a fun hobby because you know I've got all these all these models like I've got a Lycadden model, I've got a Sturgeon model, and you know they're all assholes and in my life, but like. <laughs> You know, it's that's that's the fun of the hobby is, again, like just kind of creating this world within the world that applies. Yeah. And like, hopefully, hopefully you guys, you know, enjoy the story. Hopefully I can, you know, get over the occasional writer's block or, you know, take time from like painting my my little plastic spaceman and, and get some more <laughs> on paper. So so yeah. thanks for having me. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, no, it was perfect. Even though, again, I this is a complete bribe job. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I accept it. I had a great time. Oh, yeah. Um, so- straight up, too. <laughs> so if anyone would like to um if they, anyone has any questions or any further thoughts or would like to expand on something come join our discord server because we have a channel on there where you can talk to these authors and ask them questions and see pictures of the models that you hopefully are going to post for us yes sir yeah gladly well uh thank you box so much once again that story was called the lost sons and i'm really looking forward to hearing the next parts of it thank you sir stay classy You too. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you would like to submit your story, you can email lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out our Patreon page and support the show at Lorehammer Listener Lore. See you next episode. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... 
place a $5 wager on any sport, you'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.